1: Welcome, everyone, to RB1 calling Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake News Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, first-ranking officer of the Terry McLaurin Stand Club, Grand Marshal of the Alvin Kamara Apology Parade, and BFFs with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have the Duck Father, foreteller of Devontae Parker's breakout, DK Metcalf's number one admirer, and caster of the double reverse chutzpah, resident old man Clark Barnes, sunken lieutenant of the SS Deshaun Jackson, loather of Adam Gase, doubter of John Gruden's Jacob Handel shtick, and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys, uh, the ginger clean-shaven man, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing today?
2: Doing great,
0: Pete. Good, Pete. How are you?
1: I am doing well. I am ready for week four, but I am also uh, not too ready for week four, since, uh, well, well, we'll certainly touch on it, but we have had our first our first COVID little uh, little excitement in the, uh, in the NFL with, with the Titans. Uh, I think it's up to nine total people now in that organization testing positive uh, for COVID. So uh, we'll, we'll touch on more about that when we get to the Pittsburgh, Tennessee game, but that uh, we'll see, we'll see how the, what the NFL has in store and planned for all this so far, their plan has just been push it, push it down the line.
0: Yeah, I don't really uh know what to make of it. My my best guess was to just pause the league for 2 weeks uh be totally safe with it and not risk spreading. But I'm not a doctor and I don't understand <laughs> why uh 1 week works instead. So I guess we'll leave it at that.
1: But doesn't it say doesn't your intro say uh Premier Fantasy Internet Doctor? I thought you were a doctor, Nick. Have you not been lying an to epidemiologist. Us this entire
0: time? Yeah.
1: God damn it. Well, we should really check your credentials before we brought you onto the show, but that's our fault. Stats and information letting us down yet again. Uh, all right, well, let's jump into week four starts and sits. As always, we are going to go through every single game this week uh, and talk about, you know, who's saucy, who's nasty. <laughs> let's start Thursday night football, the treat that we get of the Denver Broncos heading to the New York Jets. Uh, to take on the Adam Gase-led kerfumful that is the Jets. Oh, uh, uh, what is the guy's name? The Broncos are now starting some complete off-the-street guy who – I want to say it's not Trevor Simeon.
0: It's Brett Rippian. a graduate. Ripien. Yeah, graduate of uh, Boise State. Sorry, the dog's drinking some water next to me. That's uh, George for all the listeners <laughs> Gotta out hydrated. there. Gotta
1: yeah. stay hydrated. got
0: stay hydrated. He's all right. Um, yeah, so Boise State, obviously prolific uh, college program. He basically went on and off the practice squad last year, and uh, practice squad and regular team. He saw some time last week and uh, immediately threw an interception. So I don't know why they kept him over Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> uh,
1: it is because of this that I am very tepid on my Jerry uh, Jerry Judy takes for this week i just don't have any faith in whomever the broncos are going to roll out at quarterback and on a short week implementing that it, it pains me because jerry judy is has such a huge wor- potential for a huge workload given the fact that it's basically him and noah fant who are the lead pass catchers in this Bron- broncos offense and the jets aren't great spoiler alert but i i I have Jerry Judy in one of my leagues and I am not planning on starting him this week. And I actually just did my wide receiver rankings and I have him like barely as a wide receiver four.
2: Yeah. I think unless you have uh, Melvin Gordon, that this is a blessing Thursday night game that you don't have to worry about and that you don't have to watch. You can just go uh, spend some time with the family. Yeah, I don't know
0: why the NFL didn't flex this. Like, this is crazy that they actually scheduled this as an island game. They, Under any they doubled
1: circumstances. down on it. We're like, this game is going to be amazing.
0: It's a how, how? Why would you ever put Gates in prime time? But, like, anyway, it, it's baffling to me. Um, I do think the one guy that can stand to benefit here is Noah Fant because I think that Ripian could just, like, lock on to the big guy and, and feed him all day. But I, if Judy gets it done, it'll be because of his own ability.
1: Yeah, uh, the best outcome we can possibly hope for in this game is that Brett Shrippian somehow leads the Broncos to a victory and Adam Gase gets fired before the post-game credits roll.
0: I, the thing is, the entire building is now populated with Gase acolytes, so it's going to be more of the Burn same Burn it down! And, yeah.
1: God, what are you doing, Jets? What are you doing? Let's let's move on. We're done with Thursday night. Stupid. Uh, first game on the Sunday schedule, we have the Baltimore Ravens heading to Washington to take on the football team. Nicholas, you are intrigued and enticed by this battle.
0: Yeah. So, uh, two stud defensive linemen on the Washington team are down right now. Matt Ioannidis, who is a really underrated interior lineman is out for the year with, I think it was a, uh, either a peck or a bicep tear. Um, and Chase Young injured his groin. And that he he was ruled out really quickly for this week's matchup, which indicates he's probably gonna be out for a little while. That's the strength of their defense. Without that, teams are just gonna like run wild against them through all facet facets of the game. So if anybody was concerned that Washington's defensive line was maybe gonna be able to contain Lamar on the ground a little bit, I think we crossed that concern off completely. And down the road, we now no longer like fear this team if you know you there's a perhaps a passing game that is uh that that has a, a mid-tier offensive line this is now no longer one where like you know theoretically Carson Wentz shouldn't have too much of a difficult time with them again let's maybe that's the wrong guy to throw out there but the point being that their strength has has been compromised um The only other thing that I wanted to mention was that Baltimore has had a difficult time covering tight ends and granted they just, you know, played Travis Kelsey, but with losing their free safety Earl Thomas right before the season started they're playing. I think it's Deshaun Elliott at free safety and he's just a replacement level guy. And there, and, and because of that, the tight ends have been able to profit. Um, Logan Thomas's usage is like as good Out of as this it gets. World. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, Rich Rebar and, and Adam Levitan had a nice back and forth on Twitter about this where it's like it's unreal. He has like a 23 point eight percent target market share, but he has the lowest catchable ball percentage, just like 50% of his passes. in so Haskins. It's yeah, it's real interesting. There was a little talk that uh Rivera said that like maybe you guys can clarify this for me. He said something like there is a limit to how much
1: he had a saucy his post game conversation led certainly opened the door for there being a little QB controversy. If, if Dwayne Haskins doesn't kind of get his shit together soon.
2: Yeah, So I'm watching this game last week. Sometimes quarterbacks have really bad stat lines like Kirk Cousin did uh, two weeks ago, but one of his picks was at the end of the half on just a prayer ball. And, and you can see how the quarterback played. Okay. But you know, the box score looked terrible. Wayne Haskins look first quarter. You're like, okay, man, they're doing some good things. And then after that, just absolutely horrible. Uh, I was listening to the football guys podcast with Sigmund bloom, who's a pretty reasonable guy. And he, said that uh coach Rivera dressed down Dwayne Haskins in the media and the things that he said similar to what Pete mentioned of you know there's a limit uh to what you can put the rest of the guys through who are out there working hard and so like those are kind of words that we're playing telephone here so keep that in mind but those are the kind of words that signal a QB change is imminent unless somebody takes a huge step forward
0: yeah they paid a fifth round pick for Kyle Allen from Scott Turner and Rivera's former team in Carolina um so, it, I mean, they, they have a guy there that they do like. Like, they I mean, you know, they, they paid to get him. That's noteworthy.
2: Yeah, and a note on that. Um, also, same pod. Cal Allen last year, we know, featured his studs. And, uh, you know, something much like Nick Foles does. Nick Foles seems to understand where his bread is buttered and throws the ball to the people that are really, really good. Instead of trying to do what I think is the better quarterback thing and spreading the ball around. Uh, for real football terms, that kind of sucks because the team can tee off on that. For fantasy football terms, that's fantastic because volume is everything. So heads up on that. Don't lose faith on Terry McLuhan, uh, Terry McLaurin, and Antonio Gibson. Looked really good. I don't know why JD McKissick is a thing, and who also looks good. Uh, but it's really frustrating for the Gibson owners out there. Don't lose. Don't lose heart. I am I am nervous about both those guys though this
1: week against Baltimore's defense. I know Kansas City took him for a ride, but like that's that's Kansas City. Kansas City is like on a whole different god tier that you should not compare any other team to. Um both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, I I would be tepid about uh Terry McLaurin, I'm I'm I have him in multiple leagues and I'm playing him because I just love him and I can't not play him. But uh but I have him ranked pretty Lower than you maybe, which then you should be simply because this Baltimore's defense is, is legit.
2: It'll be hard to get away from them but I think Baltimore bounces back. Kansas City just looks like they really outclassed Baltimore, which is weird because uh, Kansas City had fits with the Chargers who haven't looked great against anyone, but it's an interesting league. Uh, if I'm a Baltimore fan or uh, owner of Baltimore players, I don't worry about it. I just think this is a bounce back game. Uh, I guess the Washington football team and everything's going to be okay in in Baltimore, but playoff implications and, uh, you know, the next few years moving forward implications, the Chiefs have the Ravens number. Uh, It wasn't the ball bounced the Chiefs way. It was they dominated the Ravens for the whole game. It actually wasn't as close as the score made it out to be. It was just shellacking.
0: There were a number of uh, defensive backs on Twitter who were breaking down the one Mikal Hardman uh, long score, where basically it was Andy Reid preying on his uh, former player, Marcus Peters. Uh, Peters loved to just try to jump routes. And it's some fun, you can search for it, but there's a, a bunch of like DBs just breaking it down on their TVs where they're like, he he set this up because he knew that he would leave his responsibility to try to go cover Tyreek Hill. Anyway, it's fun stuff. But yeah, Andy it's Reed. testament to what you're saying, Clark.
2: Well, and and, and Eric, you know, we don't want to give to not give credit to Eric Vietamides, who's going to be a head coach probably next year. Apparently, he's the one calling the plays. And, you know, to have a tutor like Andy Reid seems fantastic because Andy Reid spun off a lot of good coaches. But you got to give them credit. I mean, you try not to wax poetic about someone because of one game. But the Baltimore Ravens are a legitimate team and they were just absolutely crushed by the Chiefs.
1: Jets. Fire out of Gase.
2: No. Oh. No, don't do that. Fire the enemy. enemy. Oh, God. Fix it. Fix the Jets. I love that New York's teams are terrible. Fuck New York. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it too. I love watching the
1: Jets just in utter turmoil. But then let's get God. Sam Darnold out of New York. Let's and get Sam clear, Darnold I don't to mean-
2: I don't mean people from New York. I just mean your sports teams. I <laughs> relish in y'all being terrible. I don't have anything personally against people from New York. Oh, know, I, have, you know, I, have, I, have,
1: I have many things personally well, against everyone from New York.
2: You're a Yankee, too. So y'all have yeah. differences between you. I, uh,
0: I just like to see people succeed. I mean,
2: Southern Yankee. I know, no, I know. That was good. I Sorry. It. Let's move on. Pittsburgh We're Steelers. Not for what I said. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Um, I I guess I feel a pretty pretty chalk about this game. I would love for AJ Brown to finally like take the field, and I I don't know exact. I know he's practicing again? Question mark tentatively maybe. Nope, he's not. Nick's giving me the head shake. Yeah, God damn it!
0: <laughs> I, what I was hearing today was that uh, the, the like word on the street is that the injury is worse than initially Ugh. feared. Yeah. So I, I think he is, I think he's actually going to be out for longer than, uh, than was expected. And uh, yeah, I'm not seeing any updates oh, right just, now via Roto world, but I think, I think it, it could be a little while everybody needs to go do their homework on
1: him.
2: Yeah. Well, the the Titans continued to win, um, the, <laughs> Vikings having some tough luck uh getting the year started, losing some close games. Uh, how about that Stephen Goskowski kicking nineteen fifty yard plus field goals in the win uh, against those Vikings? So what Ryan Tannehill's doing with the Titans offense is uh, hard to say that like not incredibly special. He's not running out around out there making a ton of plays himself, but he seems to find the open receiver frequently, and there seem to be very open receivers frequently, so we're seeing guys. Uh, who you've never heard of before, have big games. I think the piece to own here, I mean, obviously, Ersmith Smith Jr. is getting targeted all the time. Or not Ersmith Jr. Johnny Smith is getting targeted all of the time. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis is filling in really admirably. I know a lot of folks have been burned by him, but if he happens to be available while, AG, uh, while Brown is out, you should go pick him up. And um, Derrick Henry looks like he's always looked like, which is a not especially quick, uh, just giant man who's, running people over so i think this is going to be a, a pretty bad matchup for the titans i feel like the steelers are going to outclass them uh i'm a little worried that james Conner may not have a huge game but just the uh passing offense for the steelers yeah. would be a go 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 for me breaking all the ties to get folks into this game because i feel like it's going to be a high scoring one despite kind of these teams reputations for being strong defensive squads
1: yeah if deontay johnson's healthy i i think he could
2: Thrive. We could see. He, I mean, he feels like he
1: plays a similar role to what we saw. Justin Jefferson just absolutely demolished the, uh, the the uh, the Titans secondary on.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that Jonathan Joseph was starting for the titan secondary. As a long time Texans fan, that's a bad sign. <laughs> and if you can hone in true. on who that matchup's going to be against Jonathan Joseph, Jonathan Joseph is very good against incredibly slow players, but he's just slow. So if there's a if you have a fast receiver. Going against Jonathan Joseph, he's an automatic play.
0: Yeah, uh, th- this will be a big test for offensive coordinator, the uh, Titans' Adam S- uh, Arthur Smith, see if he can uh, continue scheming success up for Ryan Tanhill, who I think has played really well. I mean, his uh, his CPOE is, like, fantastic this year. So I, I, I do think it's, it's, like, a perfect system fit for him. Um, go ahead. Completion percentage over expected.
2: Thank you yeah so uh smart smart at-
1: nick over here with the, with the genius brain no
2: that was for the people i I, I, I knew what that I, was <laughs> you know. it, it, uh, it's
0: looking at basically like uh if you run a simulation how many times would somebody be able to complete that pass and then try to figure out if their if their um pat their completion percentage is like lying or not anyway um the I think we have to lower expectations for the for the Titans players. Unfortunately, that includes Derrick Henry. Uh, Johnny Smith may just be like totally, you know, his own beast and and impervious to this kind of stuff. As far as the Steelers go, I think the extra day potentially or or two days might.
1: Oh, that's get, true. Yeah, this is this is the COVID day. We should talk about yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this that might give Deontay Johnson the ability to clear the concussion protocol. If it doesn't, though. um, I personally prefer Chase Claypool, but some one of Chase Claypool or James Washington should be fired up in this matchup because, as you were saying, Clark, somebody on the perimeter is going to get to roast Jonathan Joseph. The Titans' defense as a whole has been really underwhelming this year, yeah. and so the, the only thing I'm going to disagree with is that I think uh, James Connor can like rock the house.
2: I so I'm afraid of the I'm afraid of Jadavian Clowney who plays the wrong plays the run really tight just in general, but that's just a general sense and nothing that I've seen this year. makes me think the Titans are really stout on D. I
1: like the the Chase uh, Claypool call because we've seen him have huge games in which he is targeted down the field and he has that elite speed to to blow by a a slower corner. Um, Yeah, so this game right now, last time I checked, Adam Schefter was talking about how it is scheduled to either be a doubleheader on Monday uh, they'll have two Monday night games or it'll be played Tuesday to give the extra time uh, for, I guess, COVID to magically leave all of the Titans' bodies, despite the fact that it takes two weeks for that to happen. But whatever.
2: So, Well, the test really sucks, so they should just keep testing them until they get the result they want. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's the way to science, do it. Science, boys. Don't question <laughs> it. Ever. Let it's not answer. how science works. No questions. <laughs> If I can get away from this game, I will yes. Just, You don't know what's going to happen You're going to have to That's roll your week point. forward In fantasy eventually there, There's not It's not going to be like the scores in week four are going to change If they push this game off to like week 18 If we see this happening, So, I don't know it, It's like a super duper Monday night matchup with someone With a twisted ankle It's going to be a strange thing
0: Yeah, do we get to know, Clark Who is on the Who, who tested positive or Pete,
1: I saw I saw only one one name by Schefter tweeting out who was placed on COVID, and it
2: was a linebacker. So hmm. as long as it's not someone important, that's fine. We should be able to know all of their medical information.
0: Well, that's the thing. I think it's legit that the NFL. I mean, I don't necessarily respect that the process, but I would not be surprised if Goodell gets like, oh, it's Derrick Henry. Let's push it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, I I can totally later. see them doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I have not seen anything about player what players who are actually who, who were the ones who tested positive. But but I feel like if it was major, maybe we would know about it. A situation to
2: monitor. Uh, yeah. well said. Clark. I'll I'll be definitive there. <laughs> Keep an eye on it.
1: Keep an eye on it. Let's move on to the LA Chadges heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. The biggest question I have for you guys both uh, to talk me out of or into or whatever we know this Bucks defense is legit. We've seen it be stout against the run, we've seen it be stout against the pass. Am I worried about Austin Eckler this week?
2: Should I be worried about Austin Eckler? Worried, yeah, but I don't know how you get away from it. You would have to have a pretty strong, stable of running backs. Um, it looks like Tyrod Taylor is still going to be out, so uh, we'll have a younger, fresher running quarterback to worry about. I am going to bench Joshua Kelly this week in favor of Antonio yes. Gibson, and that's kind of a tough one, but just to give some people an idea of where my head's at with it, it's not because I don't like Kelly. Uh, the Bucks front seven is just really good. Uh, and their secondary is not too bad either so this is a game that i it's hard to speak in generalities like this but this is a game that if i can get away from playing chargers players i will Uh, keenan allen's go because herbert seems to understand that keenan allen's really good at getting open and catching the football but other than that i'm staying away yeah nick you have you have austin
1: eckler as your running back 10 this week so so clearly actually maybe i shouldn't be too worried
0: yeah, I got a whole lot of hot fire to spit here. Okay, so uh, the the big thing that we should be really, really happy about is that the, uh, the presence of Justin Herbert has brought back Austin Eckler's 2019 usage. Last week, I believe he saw 11 targets. It was uh, five the previous week when he just got that spot start. And we saw Josh Kelly just like, you know, he he got swept under the rug last week. Um, I, I think I, I can check here, but I believe Eckler's carry total was like 12 and he had 11 targets. I think he might've caught all 11 of them. Yeah. Uh, 12 carries and caught 11 of 11 targets. So that's outrageously promising usage. And that kind of usage, it just like negates what a, a defense might do to a player's fantasy box score, because Austin Eckler's pass catching ability, just, you know, assuming you're getting a points per reception, um, his floor is just like impervious. Uh, Additionally, if we look at what the Chargers defense has allowed to backs through the air through the first three weeks of the season, Alvin Kamara caught five of eight targets, 51 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey caught four of five for 29 yards. Mike Davis, when he came in relief of him during week two's game caught eight of eight for 74 in week three. Uh, Melvin Gordon caught four of six for 12 yards. Royce Freeman caught two of two for 31 point here is that the chargers are actually not able to stop uh, running backs through the passing game. And part of that, uh, Oh, excuse me. Um, Thank you. Uh, The, the bucks just might not be able to uh, stop backs through the passing game. And I don't quite understand why, because their, their linebacking core is, is lightning quick, but it's happening. So let's roll with it.
1: Awesome. Well, take, forget about every thing of hesitation I had at the start of this fire up Austin Eckler and everything.
2: Clark, Uh, we could talk about this all day. So you were running through those numbers and it made me think like, damn, the bucks are doing such a good job against stopping running backs as receivers, because you mentioned Alvin Kamara having 50 yards. You mentioned McCaffrey uh, having just a few, but then Mike Davis coming in pushes them over a hundred for a back. And then it seems like they shut down the Buccaneers uh, not fantastic offense and strong running back core. I don't know though the, 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 the Broncos, are, the Broncos. There you go. Yeah. So that's those are interesting numbers when your first two opponents are the best two receiving backs in the league and you do what I would say would be a really good job bottling them up. That's tough to say, but Austin Eckler is incredibly good, and you have a rushing quarterback. I don't know. I could talk in circles all day, but
1: we probably move on. to the next I do like the idea though of of. Uh, Mike Davis having all of his production in the passing game when the Panthers were down big and I get the like I I could see the Buccaneers uh, scoring pretty quickly on the Chargers Chargers getting down big and then it's Austin Eckler in the passing game in Mm. quasi makeup garbage time.
2: Yeah, I wonder if uh, what Tom Brady's going to do in this. Is yeah. this going to be a Scotty Miller game because he's going to be under fire, or uh, is it just going to be fire up Mike Evans like crazy? Uh, I dropped Gronk, so all of you who started him last week, you're welcome. I was personally responsible for him having a good game. Uh, really interested in this Bucks team. They seem to be kind of feeling their way out and figuring things out, and it seems like the play would be fast passes or just tons of Mike Evans all of the time against this Chargers team, but... I don't know. They they they, they seem like they're gonna be pretty good this year. It'll be interesting to see how they go against the Chargers.
1: I like all the Mike Evans. All of
2: the Mike Evans this
0: week. Yeah, yeah I think so Godwin
2: is out Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he had to get an M R I on it to determine the severity, which I actually maybe that's protocol, I don't know. But uh he was ruled out really quickly for for this week and it's looking like it might be a multi week thing. Scotty Miller's hurt too, right? He is. So is it in uh what I, I did not check on uh I'll do it right now but uh Justin Watson's status do do we know anything I don't know about him cuz yeah so perhaps just the short answer here is uh yeah okay Justin Watson was able to return to practice shoulder injury so whew, if you need some help uh he might be the guy to look to because the Chargers defense is like obliterated by injury right now Chris Harris uh out there down I think two linemen and two linebackers and erwin james like it's it's kind of a shell of its former self right now so i don't think we should be afraid to start our bucks but to your point pete start mike evans you know lock him in the the lineup and throw away the key if you need help i think justin watson could do it if you're trying to figure out the backfield best of luck to you
1: yeah yeah that backfield i want a zero part of all right let's move on to the seattle seahawks heading to miami to take on the dolphins and my goodness if this is not the most enticing exciting lineup that you could possibly project in fantasy because neither of these teams can stop the pass and this guy went and got himself some fitz magic because fitz magic is about to throw like 15 touchdowns against the Seahawks secondary that has been hemorrhaging points. Uh, Nick, what do you like about this game?
0: So to, to break it down really, really quickly, the only thing that we want to worry about with Russell Wilson is that he could get game scripted out. But given that they're letting him cook early, I think that if he does get game scripted out, it's going to be because he connected with Lockett and Metcalf for multiple touchdowns. And so he, I think he's my quarterback, too, in my rankings this week. Uh, obviously the the Dolphins defense is appalling and uh, Byron Jones being out is is real, real bad for their their quarterback scenario. Uh, you could probably try to start one of the tight ends like Greg Olson might be able to have himself a day. As far as the running backs go, I think Carlos Hyde could see a lot of work in the second half. And like we mentioned earlier, Travis Homer is worth a speculative ad. He might be getting some passing game work. Um, on the Miami side of the football, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, we can roll him out there. He He, he has... I have him twenty Don't say so in-
1: tentatively, Nick, we can roll him out there. Fitzmagic is about to just go off this week. So,
0: here's the thing. Seriously, I mean, his floor is being replaced by Tua, and his ceiling is, like, top 12. It's multi-touchdowns. It's <laughs> because, yeah, they, all, they don't even, like, run in the second half. He just gets a million pass attempts. And so if you are in need of a high ceiling, like, if you're looking at your opponent and you might just lose this week, I think that he is uh, a candidate – for you the guy that i really like though and we hopefully listeners have already added him miles gaskin is just getting so much friggin work in the passing game like i think he's got like 20 some targets over the last two games this is like bulletproof (laughs) usage So just plug him in hopefully you're in some sort of pbr format and even if he doesn't find the end zone he has a shot at like replacing that production just with catching passes like he, he could rack up eight eight catches no problem so uh, yeah, get get Miles Gaskin into your lineup this week. And the the one thing that I'll say that, that Fitz has going for him, aside from the fact that Seattle's defensive line is appalling, is um, Jamal Adams, I guess, is out. And I think that Seattle, they brought in uh, uh, safety. do you, you guys see who that was? Can you help me out? They 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 brought in a back. Oh, uh, uh, Randall, Demarius Randall.
2: Oh, good.
1: That'll, that'll sure things
2: up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just have one question. So Carlos Hyde, top 12 running back this week? The point of the question being, if you went out and got Carlos Hyde, I don't know why you don't start him this week. He's going to get the mind share. I really love the Travis Homer love. He looks like a smaller, shiftier back who was already getting involved when everybody was healthy. So they've been trying to do that in Seattle, I think, for the past three or four years, drafting guys like CJ Proseis and things like that. So I think, like you mentioned, kind of preemptive pickup. This might be where you get Homer for free unless he goes off this game and then we'll see a couple more games before chris carson comes back
1: i have tyler lockett and dk metcalf right next to each other wide receiver four wide receiver five this week they are
2: they are going to
1: go off as russ cooks and this is also before we leave this game this is also the game that features the oracles start of the week A, a letter that the oracle sent me that she wants me to to read a statement that she wants me to read. Um, she felt that her powers of deduction and and uh, and deciphering in the fantasy world were being wasted with uh, people not giving her challenging starts and sits quandaries to answer. So instead, what she's going to do now is instead she has decided to look into the ether and has picked one player each week. She'll pick one player each week who she is certain will finish a top twelve. Uh, at their position. And so here is the Oracle giving you from this game. She, this is her start of the week.
2: So this week,
1: I think uh, I feel more for Devante Parker. I think he's close to his family. So he's going to be thinking about keeping safe and healthy and grounded by spending time with family in this anxious time although he may be a little bit unbalanced by everything that's going on in louisville Um, hopefully that doesn't touch him personally and set him off his game but that's what i'm thinking thanks
2: going on louisville making a lot of baseball bats. i don't know yeah i the oracle speaks in tongues i just pictured uh, the Oracle at her research and prognostication desk, shuffling papers around as she was caught off guard that the recording had started, and that she was just so deep in the stats and analysis <laughs> that she's like, "Oh, Devontae Parker." And then, you, the, it's the classic. Oh,
1: I'm, I didn't see you there. Welcome to. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what got her with. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There's the Oracle's start of the week. Let's move on to a game that I am very excited about. I said I was excited about the Seahawks Miami. Uh, I lied because the game I'm actually excited about from a fantasy standpoint, Minnesota Vikings heading to Houston to take on the Texans. Clark,
2: are your boys finally going to get a win this week? Let's start there. (laughs) This is kind of a two teams wandering, coming to a head here. So the Texans have had an absolutely brutal start to the schedule and lost three games that I feel like they should have lost despite Looking good on the Steelers for a half. So good job, Bill O'Brien. You have one good half of football <laughs> under your belt. Uh, I do think that the Texans are going to win, but these teams are pretty closely matched in uh, what they're going to be able to do. Uh, Justin Jefferson was a hot pickup this week. And, uh, you know, I think 42 PPR points should not be expected. But the Texans secondary gets roasted, and the pass rush isn't really good anyway either. And so teams should be able to tee off on the Texans, and I think the Vikings will continue to do that. You know, Adam Thielen bounces back from his, like, this is what bad games for really good players look like game. Uh, Delvin Cook should be able to eat. Uh, This is the time where, you know, if you have an extra roster spot for somebody that's totally wasting away and Alexander Madison is out there, like I would go pick him up before he costs money, just always wanting to take shots where there's a clear backup in somebody's cooking. Uh, I think that I'm, I think we finally see Will Fuller have a good football game. And I'm very excited for that. I think if you're worried about uh, David Johnson, that's fine this week. I think all of the Texans are going to look good. And Minnesota will – Minnesota's offense will look good too against two very bad defenses. Uh,
1: This is what I'm liking to – I am dubbing the Will Fuller wide receiver one week. I have him as my wide receiver 10 this week. He is going to – this is the week that we've all been waiting for Will Fuller to like go for – a buck 50 and two touchdowns this is this is the week that that is going to happen the texans are zero and three deshaun watson this team is going to look to get this win at home against a very 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 vulnerable viking secondary and team in general so i think that they are going to go balls to the wall in order to uh in order to win this one so i am do you have will fuller you fire him up with utmost confidence this week and if it doesn't work out then he is dead to me and i will never rank him above a wide receiver three
0: yeah the only thing that i'm going to add is just that uh for uh clark's point of uh forward thinking uh the vikings upcoming schedule houston seattle atlanta uh, by but then green bay detroit we have some like serious smash weeks ahead for the receiver court, and it's nice that justin jefferson justin jefferson broke out when he did i do think Thielen is absolutely the top dog there. But, uh, yeah, if you're in need of a wide receiver, I think Jefferson's a good add. And uh, the the matchups incoming are going to help him along the way.
1: All right, let's move on. The New Orleans Saints heading to Detroit to take on the Lions. And the only thing that I am curious about in this game is whether or not Alvin Kamara will score 50 fantasy points. It's the only thing I care about in this game.
2: <laughs> I'm very proud of Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, he just doing personal work. news. Uh, I managed to dodge all of the major running back injuries by sheer luck this year. And so I am just really enjoying being lucky and fortunate. Alan Kamara standing up in the absence of Michael Thomas. He is clearly the go-to guy. Drew Brees looks as though he's trying to push the ball downfield and the very little bit of all 22 uh, footage that I've looked at has showed me that no one's open. So it's not, I don't think that he's hesitant. I think that no one is there. And I think the Saints are, uh, seeing a little taste of what it's like to not have your all-world wide receiver. I'm talking you, Bill O'Brien. And that's just making the offense look a little stagnant. Uh, Alvin Kamara is picking it up. What we saw last week, uh, what I expected and what I expect to see more, is uh, Latavius Murray getting enough run to maybe be a low-end flex Uh, running back two for you if you're desperate. There's no reason that he shouldn't be getting 15 touches a game, and that shouldn't hurt Kamara in any way because the Saints need to just suck it in. They started doing that and kind of lost a nail-biter, but uh, I'm excited for the Saints. I think they're going to kill Detroit, um, but hopefully it'll be a shootout too.
0: Yeah, so I think uh, it's safe to say at this point that Kamara has taken over as the team's – like number one backcatcher catcher, basically. Uh, I I think he
1: he's like fourth in the NFL in target share. Yeah, like thank he, you. That's he, what I was looking it's for.
2: Absolutely <laughs> absurd. <laughs> well, he's getting a lot of routes intended to go to him, and then he's getting a ton of checkdowns too. So yeah. they're running plays for him, and then Drew Brees is like, "Screw it, no one's open," and then goes to him additionally. So he's yeah, and, he's and really then Alvin is ball. showing like this is the thing too, where it's like when a player gets injured, it's. I
1: understand it's hard to like keep him out for a long period of time, but like, just look at the difference between Alvin Kamara last year when he was battling with injuries and like playing through them. And this year where he started off the season, looking like the Alvin Kamara that, you know, set the world on fire his rookie year and, and sophomore year. So like, it's just as a moment where it's like, Hey, San Francisco with George Kittle, give him plenty of time. And same thing with Michael Thomas, let them fully heal. I understand that's something that rarely happens in actual football, but you know, give them, give them the time they need.
0: Yeah, he's fifth in the in the NFL in, in targets. I would like, any of twenty seven catches, so he's safely on par to destroy his weird career thing where he only catches eighty one passes per year, no more and no fewer. I don't know how he's done that, but he has. But Michael Thomas did return to practice, so we should monitor that situation.
1: Definitely something worth monitoring. Do you think he and Alvin Kamara will have beef? about being uh, Drew Brees' number one target? Do you think Do you think uh, they'll have to like duke it out or, no. or get like, Drew Brees' different gifts? No. Next question.
2: Okay, cool. Just interesting. I think Michael Thomas' return helps everyone because the pie will grow. The Saints are really struggling without him. Uh, all right, let's
1: move on to the Cleveland Browns heading to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a game that I really like for Odell Beckham to... R- remind us of the New York Giants Odell Beckham that we've been waiting to show up in Cleveland. I just think that the Dallas is secondary. It's been, you know, we've seen it, it not be able to stop anyone. And I, this game is going to be a shootout. This Cowboys offense is too potent for it not to be. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping and I'm feeling like uh, I have Odell, I think is my wide receiver. Let me see wide receiver nine. So I am, I am feeling that this is going to be the week that Odell is like, Hello, everyone. Remember when I was amazing? I am back at it. And then he'll probably disappear again because that's just Odell's luck in Cleveland. But at least he'll flirt with with, uh, fantasy
2: stardom continuously this week.
0: Clark, do you have a hot something?
2: I mean, I don't know how hot it is. I just... Odell doesn't look very good.
1: Or does Baker Mayfield not look very good? Yes. Um...
0: Yeah, I thought he I I thought Odell looked good, but I haven't watched uh, too much of their film. As far as the running backs go, I I have been, as they say, noodling on this and I think I might have to end up adjusting the rankings and putting Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb. And it's
1: it's
0: yeah, it's purely a game script thing. Like if we just look at, you know, wins and losses for the Browns this year, what the two players have done, I really think that what we're looking at with Cleveland is basically just when when they're in neutral game script or winning Nick Chubb is their running back. They're, they're starting back. And when they're losing, uh, or I guess like in a shootout, then it's hunt. And I think it's, I think it's pretty clear cut. And I, I kind of expect them to lean into it to a degree that we wouldn't expect an NFL team to do so. So right now, I think I've got them both as our B2s uh, Chubb in the high end hunt in the low, but I think I might have to um, squeak Hunt up there in, in front of them.
1: You have Nick Chubb as your RB14 and Kareem Hunt as your RB20. And for everyone who wants to, all these rankings can be found at faketeams.com. So you should go look at In fact, you should, while we have an ad break right here, go look at them right now during the ad break, but also listen to the ads. Otherwise we don't get paid. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Back, let's continue with these games. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Nick, I know for a fact, because I have your rankings here in front of me, you are all aboard the James Robinson hype train.
0: Yeah, really, uh, all, all prominent pieces of these two offenses, I think, will perform really well, basically because their quarterbacks are in charge and their defenses don't matter. Uh, In Jacksonville, I think Minshew, I I think I've got him as my uh, number 12 quarterback this week. And uh, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's defense is just terrible. And I expect him to kind of get off the schneid, as they say. As far as James Robinson goes, his usage is outstanding and uh, like to a unique extent. And he hasn't had meaning um, his, his by his like per team Uh, usage as compared to his teammates is is exceptional he hasn't like had very many gaudy totals but he sure has in the box score and i think that he is like a real deal rb1 slash 2 kind of play like right right on that fringe uh definitely in this matchup and i I think even outside of it as well he's running really really well and um chris thompson i mean he got some snaps last week but i I think we saw a little bit of dual threat action out of James Robinson too. As far as the Bengals side goes, Joe Burrow looks sick. His rushing floor is uh, fantastic Joe Mixon. I think can finally have a ceiling game in this like outstanding matchup. Uh, maybe that's a sell high point for him.
1: Sell him as high as he'll ever get this year.
0: Yeah. I hope that the, so this is interesting. So you guys should give me shit here in a second, but I hope that the, emergence of T Higgins gives the team a reason to kind of dial back AJ Green's snaps because he just looks bad. And, uh, the, the separation statistics, uh, confirm that I was happy to see T Higgins being used in the short to intermediate uh, area of the field, especially when they're in the red zone, lighting up their big body target rather than trying to trying to make him replace John Ross, which was my understanding as to why they brought him on the team in the first place. I think in this role, he can succeed. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd's still the top dog, but yeah, this, uh, this, 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 group of wide receivers, I think could have some, uh, some nice box score results this week.
1: Yeah. There's a, you'll see a theme, both in my rankings and in the next, this game and then the game afterwards, uh, do not start AJ green. AJ green does not deserve to be in your starting lineup until he actually is able to put all of this together. And yes, maybe he gives you a good game on your bench, but until he shows me that he can do, he can actually take all of his intended air yards and like the role of the targets that he sees in this offense and actually do something with them. Fantasy wise, I am not burning a a starting spot on him. So I am benching him. And if you want a direct comparison, I will, I will start T Higgins over AJ green in a heartbeat. No questions asked
2: do we have any word on dj shark
1: i he's practicing i thought
2: chest i would love for him to. Play. i heard uh, he i think the rising he's cleared of the chest all injury okay yeah he's
1: cleared of the chest injury uh and limited at practice
2: so we saw the Jaguars last week kind of sputter against the Dolphins. And I think what they were missing was the two or three plays a game where, yep. uh, for whatever reason, DJ Chark has one person on him and Gardner Minji waits and waits and waits and bombs it to him. And Chark either gets a defensive pass interference or catches a nice 60-yard pass. So that element is sorely missing. Uh, if Chark goes, I think that he plays or, or, or he'll he'll definitely be a start for me against the get-right Bengals. Um we'll see. Yep.
1: All right. Let's, uh, next game, Indianapolis Colts against the Chicago bears. Uh, and I'll start this off with two guys who, like I said, AJ green, I'm not benching I'm benching until you show me something. Same thing with T Y Hilton bench benching him until he shows (laughs) me something. And until then he can ride the bench. Uh, I have him as my wide receiver 48. So base bottom of the wide receiver four tier. Uh, I also don't love Jimmy Graham this week. Uh, I know he is, was all hot and bothered uh, last week and with Nick Foles coming in that he, Nick Foles loves his tight ends and that that there was hope for that Renaissance to reemerge, but the Colts have been, their defense has been phenomenal uh, against tight ends to start this season. uh, And partially probably because of who they've played, but you can't argue over the script. You can argue over the results. Uh, They've only allowed 32 yards to the position through three weeks. So I would be hesitant to uh, go grab Jimmy Graham and then start him this week. But I do think you should grab Jimmy Graham because Nick Foles starting quarterback for the Chicago bears. Now does love his tie. Back.
2: Yeah. Hilton's kind of the last man standing. This will be the last game that I have any faith in Hilton. I keep waiting for him to bounce back. And there's other players that I've moved on from uh, like Odell. I think that he may have a couple of good games this year against horrible teams, but he's you've just moved not on moving. from Odell before you moved on from Ty yes Clark. because d.y hilton looks like he can still cut odell beckham right. looks like something's wrong with his legs like a.j green does like a.j green looks like there's something wrong with his legs and worst of all for odell beckham for some reason baker mayfield throws the ball right to jarvis landry and rarely in the same zip code to odell beckham i do not why? know why that is why? yeah that that
1: that kills me. Anyways, continue. I'm holding
2: on with T Y and the reason I'm holding on with T Y is not because of anything that he's giving me. It's because all of the targets that uh, Philip rivers likes more continue to go down for the rest of the year. And T Y Hilton <laughs> is the only person left. <laughs> That's not really great analysis. I understand that, but I'm giving him one more game and it's a tough one against Chicago. Uh, Mo Alley Cox. If you haven't gone out and gotten him, you should. He's a beast. He's got the former basketball player turned football star. And he kind of looks like yes. that, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling down the field. He's a giant amongst giants. And uh, Philip Rivers loves him. Center of the field, open up the passing lane. So uh, Jack Doyle is dead to me. Sorry, Jack Doyle. But Mo Cox is the man to have. And just the running game for the Colts will likely continue to roll.
0: So that's the thing. Are we cool with, with Mo Alley Cox just like being the guy over yes. Jack Doyle at this point? Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Awesome.
0: Okay, cool.
2: I mean, <laughs> doyle, Doyle's doyle been hurt and not favored when he wasn't. So I feel like it's just so much from Mo Alley Cox. And it isn't that he's catching a little three-yard pass and then the safety falls and runs into the linebacker. Like, he's making amazing football plays. And I just don't know how you go away from that. When you've played your whole career with players like that, um, with – what Philip rivers has had in San Diego. Yes. 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 Cool. That is a very good point.
0: I think the game, the game script here sets up really nicely for uh, the Colts run game. It, it pretty much always will. Cause they can just impose their will, but uh, Adrian Peterson had a, a decent day in week one, which is a, a testament to what I'm saying here. The, uh, the, the phenomenal New York giants team. I mean, they even managed a rushing score and then uh, both Atlanta backs, Todd Gurley and, uh, Brian Hill, who everybody should go add both found Pater last week. So I think Jonathan Taylor is in for another King Kong matchup. And I think that that bodes very well for, um, for Nick Foles and Allen Robinson in this one too, as kind of uh, the, the point chasers there to the, the, to the T Y Hilton point. I uh, happily cut him this week for Debo Samuel, who returned to practice. Um, his, his two t- drop touchdowns were too much for me to handle. Uh, I, I just wonder if his body has betrayed him.
2: Yeah, I, I will make no strong argument against it. Except for the fact that Odell Beckham, I guess, somehow is worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually don't think Beckham looks bad. Um, but it is clear what, what they want to do is run in an intelligent manner until the cows come home.
1: I mean, I, I grant you, Clark, I grant you, Clark, that Baker Mayfield, for some reason, can't – Fucking throw a catchable ball to odell which i don't understand i feel like Od- i feel like baker saw odell's highlight reel and it's just like i want to recreate that i want to be in a highlight reel so he's just throwing him shit balls to try to get him to do his one-handed crotch catch catch anyways arizona cardinals heading to carolina to take on the panthers nick is this the game we finally get to see Kenyon drake run all over everyone
0: Let me bring my notes up here. Uh, So, okay. Yeah, this one's like just kind of a fire of the cannons matchup. And do I think that that Drake will be able to get the job done? Yeah, I do. I do think that he's kind of taken on the uh, like running back role rather than like dual threat. And, And I think that that's Uh, A bit of a shame because we're just being sapped of his pass catching ability, but uh, against Carolina, it's, it's smoke him if he got him. So I'm, uh, let's see here. I I got Drake somewhere towards the top. He he may be, okay, he's, yeah, he's a high end RB2 at this point for me, which I still think is something to get excited about in this matchup. Uh, outside of him, we're just excited about all of the normal guys. Kyler Murray will go crazy uh, rushing. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Clark, I don't think he victory laps me sufficiently on that. So if you want to get in on that, that's your chance. Andy Isabella made the most of his meager workload last week. And it's been really interesting seeing the way that uh, Christian Kirk, I, I don't think really had much of a slot role before he went out and he had the highest eight out on the team. It was like 20 point something yards. And then Isabella came in and racked up two scores. So if you're in need of a spot start, I think in the matchup, Andy Isabella can be your guy. And then on the Carolina uh, side of the ball, um, pretty much, you know, start, you start the big names. Mike Davis going to have a great day. Uh, DJ Moore is going to have a great day. And I think importantly, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a great day because this what we love are teams that push the pace, like the, the cards I believe they're number one in plays run per game right now. It's not, you know, they're top three and that's just going to force Teddy to get on his horse and, and throw. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about both sides here.
2: I think you said it well, we kind of start everyone on both sides. Did Robbie Anderson die or is he still the best wide receiver <laughs> in Carolina?
0: Robbie Anderson didn't die. I forgot
2: about Robbie Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: He's just their one trick deep threat pony, and d j Moore is just an ascending all pro that's that's yeah. the only thing there it's a
2: good trick though it's a
1: good it's a good trick to have getting Elite behind the yeah, feet that, down the field
0: <laughs> it, i actually uh what might be kind of fun is to see who's going to score more touchdowns uh uh robbie Anderson or, or Andy Isabella because <laughs> I think both those guys could go for more oh, than this one.
1: game yeah yeah both of those guys could go for finishes with like one thirty and two touches
2: yeah and we probably I'm, I'm not victory lapping DeAndre Hopkins because uh, we should probably talk about this in the offseason. This would be a fun thing to talk about for an hour. Uh, I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins uh, went to a new team and, you know, became a great receiver. I just think that it's so rare for receivers like DeAndre Hopkins to go to a new team. And what I mean by that is a uh, really, really talented do it all wide receiver. Who's not a gigantic pain in the ass who thinks that he knows b- more than everyone else. So much we- Odell shade on this show. And that's what we've seen with a ton of these really talented wide receivers that have gone to other teams. Like, I think that if uh, next year Julio Jones went to the Niners, I would not be worried about Julio Jones because you know what Julio Jones does every day? He goes to work and yeah. maybe like misses a day of work for contracts talk, but basically doesn't do stuff like this. Michael Thomas doesn't do stuff like that. Amari Cooper doesn't do stuff like that. So I'll just chalk that trade up to the Raiders. And I think that's why Hopkins is having a good year. But I think, um, receiver goes to new quarterback it's still something to be very weary of just you usually don't see some idiot trade the best player at his position <laughs> for a bag of peanuts like we did this year
1: uh, i'm sorry clark your pain is always humorous to me
2: i'm not upset okay, i'm cool. fine
1: good 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 uh new york giants heading to la to take on the rams is there anything here that you guys especially want to point out other than just like fire you run who you
2: got. Everything on the Rams are doing is working again. Yeah. So
0: Terrell Henderson, man, add him right now. That dude has like top twelve running back upside. Uh Akers rib injury, I evidently is gonna keep him out for a while. The fact that they I don't know. I, I hope nobody was really high on Malcolm Brown to trying to play with a surgically repaired pinky last week. Uh, Henderson's a dude and and he he may not have the job for like I don't know more than a month, but in the meantime, they're the run heaviest team in the NFL and you have their starter. So just, if you have them, fire them up.
1: They also, I feel like people forget about this and and stats and information is, is furiously working right now to try to pull this up, but like, they drafted like Daryl Henderson was their supposed running back of like the third round. Thank you. Uh, like, they they drafted him to be a vital part of this offense, and they were wanting him to do it. They had Todd Gurley there, so they got rid of Todd Gurley. And then Malcolm Brown kind of flashed a little bit, and, and Henderson was dealing with injuries. And now all the injuries have broken Henderson's way. And so it's like – it's not one of these situations where I feel like, you know, NFL teams love to put draft pedigree on, you know, like uh, – as a tier, as an important, you know, emphasize that, which is just utterly stupid in my opinion. But anyways, so it's not a something where it's like an undrafted running back comes in and does it, and you're like, well, can he really start ahead of Cam Akers? We spent our second round pick on Cam Akers. It's like we invested a, a third round pick a couple of years ago in Daryl Henderson, and now that he's like healthy and producing, it's like great. Run with the hot hand. So, I, and Sean McVay has said multiple times they want this to be a committee. So I, I not only think that you should go get if Daryl Henderson is available in your league. Go get him for whatever it takes. Um, and it's not just that he's going to have value for the next month or so or whenever Cam Akers is out. He might have value for, like, the whole rest of the season, and that is something, like you said, like the amount that the Rams are running and the success that the Rams are having running, you, you want that on your team no matter what.
0: So two, two, two things, statement and a question. Statement, uh, people much smarter than me uh, have pointed out that McVeigh has started adding some gap scheme run plays for him which is what he ran in in memphis and he had really a difficult time running the ram zone so i i liked it uh you know structuring the the scheme around the strengths of your players that's that's good coaching question in a full point ppr league let's say you got a, a totally loaded roster deontay johnson or Darrell henderson who with the concussion in mind
2: for starting or for like you dropped deontay johnson for Darrell? exactly uh, that uh, uh. I'll take it because I'm under the stupid impression that these coaches have gotten to the positions they're in because they're smart and I like how you mentioned uh, last week when I was or Monday when I wasn't on the pod that it's a bit of an old boys club too so you keep that disclaimer in mind. Uh feel like you got a roll with a hot hand and everyone who's played for the Rams as their starting running back has looked pretty good. Henderson is tearing it up. But like I said earlier everything the Rams is do, are doing is working again so it's like the two years ago rams every time they run a play yeah it's a pass play they got two guys widen right running wide open every time they run the ball there's a giant hole for the running back to run through so i just don't know outside of injury why you would go away from the guy who's just killing it and if you're changing your scheme for the gap run scheme that is the opposite of what cam Akers did really well what cam Akers had problems with well, like for the first two games of his career before he got hurt is he's floating and waiting a la Le'Veon Bell for the hole to open up. And one, that's a kind of a big rookie mistake. But two, that's the zone scheme. You flow down the line and then you pick your hole and you hit it really hard. And those are just two different styles And with what Henderson is doing and with the changes that they've made to the offense. Why would you go away from that until, until it stops working? So yeah. I don't know. But then there's all this committee stuff, which is like, no, a committee is what you do when you don't have someone who's really good. Yeah, I always, and if
1: it's full point PPR, I will always break towards the running back because they have the most opportunity for touches right if Daryl Henderson if Darrell Henderson has like 18 carries and five catches that's more Deontay Johnson's not having 23 catches in a game even though I love Deontay Johnson I think he was a good call by uh was that you Nick did you I feel like you were talking. Pretty I much liked them a little also. bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit this offseason. All right, we've got four games left. Let's really string this out as long as possible. Buffalo Bills <laughs> heading to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Uh, I like Hunter Renfro in this game. The Bills have struggled with covering kind of the middle of the field slot. Uh, and I think Darren Waller will also have a big game. But Darren Waller, you you got him. You play him hunter renfro is a guy i think you could still get off waivers uh he had a big game against the patriots in terms of target share uh when the when they were shutting down darren uh darren waller so i just like him to kind of come against buffalo and be able to have similar success running across the middle i also big cole beasley fan cole beasley has just like routinely he showed chemistry with uh josh allen last year and that has moved its way into uh into this year
2: and so i i like both of those guys as players you can add off waivers and start this week i just want to point out that i said the patriots would not just beat but crush the raiders and i was right well done you were right uh bill's (laughs)
0: defense does allow uh uh production to tight ends and slot receivers they're built more to stop uh production on the outside as far as the raiders go they're one of the worst run defense teams which uh with Zach moss potentially down, uh, Zach is, uh, Josh Allen just going to crush it.
1: Will Devin Singletary score a touchdown this season?
0: Yeah, I don't know. We debate. Uh, <laughs> he's going to have to work. It's going to be a long one on his own. Um, so, yeah, uh, all systems go on on uh, Josh Allen. Um, as far as the, the receiving game go, goes, uh, John Brown might be out for a while with his calf injury. Gabe Lewis lined up on the outside, and given the way the offense is passing on early downs, worth a, a speculative ad.
1: I like that. Uh, New England heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs in a premier matchup. One might argue that this should uh, overtake Philadelphia heading to San Francisco because why do I want to see that? But instead, we are stuck with this being the 4 o'clock game. Clark, what do you like about this game?
2: Besides for everything. (laughs) (laughs) In real football terms, this is obviously the game of the week. Super excited to see how the Patriots hold up against – the chiefs passing game i feel like they at least so far have done the best against mahomes of uh, kind of disguising what they're doing getting pressure and pressing the slight kansas city wide receivers which i know the broadcast called it out 500 times but absolutely like <laughs> that's what you do and you're gonna get beat deep doing it but you're gonna <laughs> get beat deep anyway and so at least you can get kansas city off the field every once in a while uh, so the Patriots have moved to a more traditional offense, I think, with Cam getting more interested in things. What I really liked is the first game we saw with the Patriots, Cam could not check out his stuff. He did not know where his hot read was and looked really bad against pressure, and he's progressively gotten better and better and better about that. We saw him look really good last week. So I, I'm just going to be interested to see how he looks against what turns out to be a pretty substantial Kansas City defensive front, defensive line, at yeah. least. Uh, So it'll just be interesting to see if they just run traditionally like they did last week over the Raiders, which I think is the game plan I would kind of go with, especially if they're stable of running backs. Welcome back to who the hell is getting the ball in New England for twenty (laughs) twenty again? Yeah, but then can Kansas City be stopped? I feel like the Patriots are the ones that will be able to do it outside of you know the Ravens, who might just boat race them if Lamar Jackson can get some more confidence. But yeah, that's what I'll be looking at: Patriots defense versus the Chiefs offense and then can the Patriots just continue running with all three backs.
0: Yeah, I think the the key takeaway, you kind of hit it here, Clark, is uh or maybe I guess we might differ a little bit, with the way that the the Chiefs Chiefs, uh, offense will push the pace, the onus is just gonna fall on Cam. Like no matter what, he's either gonna just pummel his way to a, a healthy boxer or he's gonna be forced to throw and he's done a pretty good job of that too this season um and you know it's it's long long uh talked about how the chiefs can't stop anything on the ground on that note pete did you have anything you wanted to add
1: yeah thanks nick what a nice little segue right there uh i tweeted this out i'm a little a little sneaky in on sony michelle this week Uh, he's coming off of his best game of his career where he looked like explosive and decisive and able to like actually run downhill uh, which is something that as a Patriots fan we've been waiting for him to do uh, ever since he came into the league so coming off of that and like Nick said the Chiefs are there to just basically say yes run on us please drain the clock we can score in 30 seconds so it doesn't matter that there's no time left Um, and the Patriots offense has just become this like I mean, it's been it's become Ravensy esque in the sense of it's just like we are going to run with the stable of running backs and Cam Newton, and we will hit some big plays down the field, and that's kind of what we're going to operate with. So uh, I like a little sneaky Sony Michelle, uh, Sony Michelle love this week to to kind of continue uh, building off of what was you know a huge game from against the Raiders.
2: I hate to bring this on y'all without giving you any time to prepare. Who is this new little running back that is a new JJ Taylor? That's really dynamic,
1: yeah, baby. Yeah, so he's an undrafted rookie who they brought in. Um, and he
0: he has been there years. He was Arizona State.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so he's but he's got a you know, that that super sneaky speed that you love to see. So and and they were implementing him on those kind of toss sweep plays, and he was looking really nice out there. So I think that's what they're going to kind of do. I know James White is practicing and likely will play after the unfortunate passing of his father um and so i that will temper my guess is the roles that i foresee is sony michelle will continue to be sony michelle and cam will be the you know between the tackles bruiser jj taylor is going to be any kind of outside pitching and rex burkhead and Jay, and james white are going to continue to be their kind of pass catcher backs out of the backfield with some weird Nikhil Harry screens thrown in there. So your good guess is as good as mine as to who's going to see the who's going to actually have fantasy value. All right, two games left. Philadelphia Eagles heading to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Should we just shit on Carson Wentz to, for like
2: 30 seconds? To echo uh what y'all talked about on Monday, Deshaun Jackson's a drop. I've 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 finally given up on him. So he should have a huge game since we're all in agreement that he has <laughs> no more value. Uh, the, the Niners still looked. Like the Niners, I think a big condemnation for Jimmy Garoppolo, who I've never been a huge fan of other than his boyish charm. Uh the I feel like this could be a game that the Eagles sneak up and win. I don't think that Carson Wentz is as terrible as he has looked, but it's hard to say I don't believe what my eyes are seeing. So give the ball to Miles Sanders and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I, I think that uh Sanders is is He's already had, like, a wonderful snap share and, and usage. I think it's probably just going to increase. N- Niners could roll him. I, if Kittle's back, I, I don't know what uh, Debo's availability is this week. Yeah, I don't know what Debo, like,
1: but Kittle, Kittle seems like he is back and ready to go. Yeah, which and – and I'm excited about.
0: Jarek has returned to practice too, which might have nuked my uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. excitement this week. But we'll – I don't know. We'll see. It riv- anyway, it's going to be a Niners.
1: Why not both? Isn't that the, the that's, the gif. Um, who's excited for the Hakeem Butler tight end experiment?
0: I am a little.
2: <laughs> I do I too. Before, so.
1: This is the most mad thing in the world, which is not maddening. Madden is to take like a tall wide receiver and just be like, we're going to make you a tight end happened with Darren Waller, pretty effective. So we'll see if Hakeem uh, Butler can fill in for Dallas Goddard as the Eagles number two wide receiver slash receiver.
2: Hakeem Butler, like former New York Giant Hakeem Butler.
1: No, Hakeem Butler, like former Arizona Cardinals, Hakeem Butler. Oh. Who's like six five and wins jump balls. So a tight end. Well. Final game. We made it. Monday night. Atlanta Falcons heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Uh yes. Yes. All of the yes, everything is yes. Let's give Alan Lazard some some love and respect that he deserves. Treat this man. I have him as a wider as wide receiver twenty-two right now. Probably I'll bump that up, especially if Devonte Adams doesn't suit up. If Devonte Adams doesn't suit up, uh, then for me, I'm saying Alan Lazard is like a a top fifteen fantasy receiver this year, uh, this week, going up against a Falcons secondary that we have seen over and over and over and over again just get torched. Um, So all here for Alan Lazard's, uh, the continuation. He's a wide receiver like 10 right now in fantasy. Respect the man.
2: The only interest I have in talking about this since everyone is kind of a no-brainer start, even down to maybe Jamal Williams, if you're like super desperate, could be someone that you sneak into your lineup. I mean, I'm talking desperation play. Is uh, how good would the enemy look? captaining this offense next year because you know dan quinn is not you can't lose games like this and keep your job when it was okay. already pretty bad clark
1: i i i apologize for putting out into the ether b being the head coach of the jets fire dan quinn hire b for the head coach of the falcons and let this team eat
0: yeah, I think the, the, the lovely thing about Atlanta is that no matter if their defense is good or bad, they're just going to make the opponent push the pace and everybody gets to score. Uh, we I, I mentioned a little bit earlier on, I do think that Brian Hill is worth a speculative ad because Gurley is just not getting passing game work. He is not a, a workhorse at this point. And uh, Brian Hillsman getting red zone looks. We really like that. As far as the the Packers go, I am still not convinced. Um, their early down passing usage is, meh. I'm thinking uh, once they get into the further into the season and these, these like cake matchups don't just like push them into passing game situations. I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. In the meantime, yeah, we got to start their passing game weapons in this, in this showdown. So get Lazard in there. Uh, if, if Adams I mean Adams obviously is like top three receiver if he is active. Oh, Lazard probably if yeah. If he's on okay. the
1: field, he's gonna be the number one wide receiver in fantasy.
0: Yeah. Lazard, I think he I think you can like safely lock him in as a, a wide receiver too with serious upside. MVS could still just drop anything, but like I, I think he's he's worth getting in there. Perhaps the most exciting one is uh Big Bob, Robert Tom Tanyan. Uh <laughs> Tight end one for the Packers. Yeah, good for him.
1: All right, well, there we go. That is the whole week broken down in excruciating detail because that's the only way we can bring it to you. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts, the Fake Teams podcast channel. It's how you'll not only get our fantasy baseball, uh, and Fantasy Basketball and us. Uh, we are wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. We'd love to talk fantasy with you as you get prepared for your week four matchups. You can follow myself at Keaton Roger, follow Clark at NFL Clark, and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Best of luck to your week four teams. Until then,
2: Peace!